Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is The Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to The Field Guide to Awesome, folks. In last week's episode, I spoke with Christy Murray. Christy is a mom of two active boys, wife 24-7, and nurse practitioner by day. She is immersed in the joys, reality, and struggles of being a working mom and wife. She is also a hormone wellness and nutrition strategist in BlueValeWellness.com, so she can further help overwhelmed women address adrenal, gut, and hormone issues so they can become healthy and thriving again. It was a powerful episode, folks, so if you missed it, make sure to go back and check it out. But don't go yet, folks. My next guest is Philip Hicks, international trauma-informed process coach and facilitator of trauma-informed training for coaches called The Coach Approach. Join me in welcoming Philip Hicks. Hey, Philip. I am so excited to have you on the interview with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, Philip. So... Tell us a little bit more about you. I just introduced you. You're a trauma-informed process coach, and trauma is such a big, big topic, and I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got into trauma and who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey into trauma-informed process work started with my own personal journey with trauma. So when I was a child, my father was killed in the first Gulf War. And mm. when, after his loss, I felt like the next 27 years, which was the difference between the age I was, which was three, until I'd outlived him by the time I was 30. Uh, I felt like I'd been living in this survival mode. And I outlived him and I, was, I felt lost. And I felt really confused about what I wanted because with bereavement, you can often take the person's life that's been, that's gone and hold on to every element of it as like a, almost like a comforter, which is what I had done for much of my childhood and early adulthood. And so because I was curious about like, who am I, what am I about, what's important to me in life, I decided that I would venture down the road of personal development. And so the first thing I did was I did a four month personal development course and a large focus of that was life purpose. And looking at life purpose, first of all, it was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to define my life purpose? I don't even know who I am yet. Um, so what we did was we unpeeled the layers of the onion and got to the bit which is the most important bit and I do a lot 
with my own clients, which is looking at values. Yes, values are so important. Right? And they form the foundation of everything that we do, how we behave, how we respond to certain situations, when we feel triggered. It's usually because there's a conflict with a value or a value is being met so we feel safe or if it's being dishonored, we feel very unsafe. And right at the moment, there's a lot of trauma going on with COVID and people having more restrictions and being told, no, you have to do this. And it's tapping in, I think, to a lot of people's upbringings of being told by parents, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to be here at this time, and you can't be around this many people. And it's like, we're in this constant rebellion against that parenthood when we're we're now adults and it's like no you don't tell me like where to go who to see how many I can see at the same time like that's not your domain and so yeah having tapped into my own values I looked at my own core values and went well what's important to me is openness honesty integrity and vulnerability and so I then looked at the work I was doing at the time and that was not aligning with where I wanted to go and because I was on my own forward looking journey coaching became something that was important to focus on and so that's why I ventured into coaching versus going down a counseling route because of the my own experience but also with the clients that I've worked with I find trauma comes up with almost all of them because it's where defense mechanisms have been created. And those are the things that are kind of, that are keeping people stuck in this cycle of going round and round or their self-sabotage comes in because actually we feel safer when things don't go to plan, but we're used to things not going to plan. And so whether that's a business coach, a, uh, a life coach, a health coach, whatever it is, like there's usually some trauma in there somewhere. And so I started, I wanted to do proper training. So I did some training through the Coactive Training Institute, uh, who are one of the biggest coaching organizations out there. And it was going through that process and then coming out and working with my own clients and then going, no, actually, I need deeper, more trauma-informed knowledge. That I was Yes, there's not a lot out there for, no. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's just not a lot out there for trauma, yeah. um, for coaches. Well, exactly. And so what I did was I started taking trauma-informed one-day workshops, which were tailored to teaching practices that you can implement straight away and build brings together the three worlds of coaching psychology and science which have been competing against each other for years and years and years going no i have the answer i have the answer i have the answer and it's like it's not helping and now all of them are opening up and going well actually none of us have a full answer what yeah. happens if we start talking to each other and the scientists talk with the psychologists and the psychologists talk with the coaches? And it's like now we're seeing lots more coming up and growth within 
the trauma-informed space. So I took trauma-informed specific training, found it so powerful and useful that I spoke to one of the uh, therapists who was running the course and said, hey, look, there, there really isn't that much out there for coaches. I have this crazy idea. Why don't we do this, put one together ourselves? And so that's what we've done is that we've developed our own one-day workshop um, that's easily accessible to people where we can run it to just give people that comfort of we as coaches we are not therapists and so what we do is we clearly um, define where coaching stops where therapy starts and so that was another reason I wanted to partner with her because she is a she was a coach first and a therapist for the last 20 years to be able to say I want to jump in just for a moment because you're sharing so much information and you've been on an amazing journey with what yeah. you've created up until now. Uh, but it was all informed by where you were as a human being mm. at the beginning of your journey yeah. and recognizing that you were experiencing trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, that's what a lot of people are recognizing now is that they are experiencing trauma and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's not just having a hard day. It's not no. just having a bad experience and muscling through. It's yeah. legitimate trauma. I, if yeah. you think back into history, you know, before they even knew what PTSD was, and they call it shell shock, or they call it something else, and it was just a name, a label on top of behaviors. And they, there wasn't enough information. And over the past... How long would you say it was um, that you've seen the trauma work develop? I've seen most, most notably in the last couple of years, because that's as long mm. as I've been in co consciously um, researching and looking at the space. Um, so my, my mom's been a therapist for 20 years so I grew up knowing about okay. having that background understanding of what counseling is and therapy is so it's like I've always had an awareness to it but I think in terms of mainstream public knowledge I would I would go as recent as in the last like five ten years that we're yeah. really starting to see more of it coming out and it's great because there's been there's starting to be the shift where we're going from post-traumatic stress disorder, which most people have heard of and know about, to now post-traumatic growth. And yes. going, yes. you are not broken because of your trauma. Your trauma actually, yes, has put you've developed these coping strategies, but how do we take this coping strategy from paralyzing and debilitating? into strength-based yeah and so yeah yeah it is so powerful when you when you shift that perspective and you how you see people grow it's like it's like someone just take lifts lifts the sunglasses off and you can see for the first time that is so true and the challenges just like with when we call gremlins or limiting beliefs mm -hmm. or coping strategies 
in relation to trauma. Yeah. All of these things were put into place to give us a sense of safety. 100%. They made us feel safe at one point in time. Yeah. And what I can see from what you've talked about so far and from my past experience and the experiences that have been shared with me, that when you're in a state of trauma, you are trapped. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's such, how do you use a word to describe the same word? Um, traumatic experience that that really creates your frame of reference now. Yeah. Well, and when really you're, those are walls. Yeah. 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 I mi kind of missed what you said, but I heard um, we go through the wars and if we go through the wars, not just legitimate wars but wars within ourselves mm -hmm. and wars in our own personal experiences yeah and uh, so i i didn't use the word wars but wars actually does is a really solid explanation i said i said walls as in building a walls. brick wall. ah, yeah but is it actually i prefer wars because it is like that you're in this state of conflict internally of the right and the wrong thing to do, the 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 fear factor for sure, um, and it, it creates that internal battle of where where do I go now? And yeah. when you're in that traumatic state, if you've never had an opportunity to go back and be to do the trauma work, uh, and that's where therapy and coaching works together like you are never going to go back to that worst experience unless mm. you have a big enough reason to go forward and so right. where i work with a lot of clients is that they are either still seeing a therapist or they've not long finished seeing a therapist and they're now going well so i know about my past trauma what what do i do now <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah working on what well, okay let's take the next step like what do you let's dream for a minute what's possible what what what's in your perfect world what is possible and yes i absolutely love that because the trauma the limiting belief mm -hmm. limiting belief is not strong enough but at the core that's basically what it is you think if i just stay this way i'll be safe yeah and and it's even deeper than thinking mm -hmm. it's it's ingrained into the core of your being and there may be simple things that you want to do and they on yeah. the surface they're not scary yeah on the surface they're just like i just need to do a live if you're a coach i just need to make this one phone call yeah. i just need to talk to this one person and it seems simple and it seems like you should be able to do that one simple thing, but why can't you do it? Why is that not in your gut? Why is this shroud of fear covering you? Well, it's really interesting because the brain, this is something that I've been learning more about recently is that the brain is not designed to thrive. It doesn't, right. it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel comfortable with change. It's designed, its sole purpose is to keep us physically safe. And so the second you fire up anything that creates anxiety is it takes us back to caveman days. 
back when mm. life was literally hunt, provide food, sleep, and cook. It and avoid death. death. And avoid death. It's like you, you go out hunting and literally your, what was in front of you was, oh, there's a saber-toothed tiger coming at me. That's going to kill me. It fires up exactly the same mm-hmm. part of the brain because the brain can't actually differentiate between a perceived or a real threat. And so we've got to then like reprogram it for the 21st century and go, well, okay, how do we let our bodies know that they're physically safe? Because until we know we're physically safe, our brain is like a hamster on a wheel. It will just keep going and ignoring everything that's outside that could possibly tell it it's safe. And so well, yeah, I, the, a person who talks about, um, I have a little bit of feedback, so, oh, no feedback now. Okay. So one of the things that we've heard some of the big name coaches, um, Tony Robbins is one, um, and something that I found in my own life, in my own coaching, is that when you change your physical state, yeah. your ability to think changes the kinds of thoughts you are able to think change and that's been a huge shift in um in how trauma is being treated because trauma for decades has been treated by talk therapy and talk therapy is fine but it only engages the brain and i think it's peter levine who with polyvagal theory And he teaches that trauma actually is stored in the body. And unless we connect with our bodies, unless we do things to release that trauma from our body physically, we can can reprogram the brain all day long, but the body is not on board. And the body is as, as important, if not more important than the brain, because it's what physically creates that feeling of safety yes Um, yes like examples can be uh somebody who is overweight we often look at the weight as oh well they're doing something wrong with their diet and yes they might be or they're not exercising yes that might also be true too but it's not a case of they want to be in this state but they do things that self-sabotage them that can be a physical response which is when I'm overweight, people have less judgment of my capability, therefore I am safe. And so yes. once you get to that root of the problem, now you start working with, well, how do we create this physical safety so that we don't slip back into that default protection mechanism, which is to sabotage any progress we make, to put the weight back on, because it makes our body actually feel safe. Yes, yes. And what I've found with some of the women that I've worked with is that weight, I don't coach basically, I don't coach specifically on health issues, Mm -hmm. but it's the mindset behind it. Um, Many of the women that I've worked with who have had weight issues, they had a fear of being seen. Yes. Yeah. And when you're heavier, it's easier to think that nobody is looking at you. 
absolutely which is which when you when you step back and you look at it you go well your physical presence is actually bigger so logically this doesn't make sense but it's that's that's where the brains will rationalize it's safe Mm -hmm. um it's there's um animals animals when they play dead there's a there's a fantastic video on youtube of a lion chasing a gazelle and the lion catches the gazelle gazelle goes down like a ton of bricks soon as it hits the ground it plays dead it completely throws the lion off the lion's like hang on a minute wait i'm meant to have a fight right now lion is like something's wrong here something physically is wrong here gets up walks off is like that's not safe to eat anymore right gazelle gets up and then it does this kind of weird funny body shake and it shakes out all its limbs and then it trots off as humans that's what we need to be doing we need to be doing the shake off of like oh this traumatic event lion scary definitely need to run away from them but then they get on with the rest of their lives and they go back to being gazelle what happens with humans what i love about what you said with that what i said what i love what you said about that is that the the gazelle has a shorter refractory period from the period of responding to trauma or a traumatic event and shaking it off and going on to live their lives and i think that's so important to know because we're always going to have like the the taste or the memory of the trauma experience we're always going to be triggered in little tiny tiny ways Mm -hmm. and i think what is going to make the biggest difference is do you get stuck in that trauma and stay there and suffer or do you shorten your refractory period and get into um a more anabolic state of being able to shake off that um, traumatic experience and get on with the rest of your life and have it be a full joyful um, fulfilling life yeah and i think this is this is something that's so relevant at the moment is that people forget that trauma is happening all the time mm. and whether it's a micro or a macro trauma we often when when trauma gets talked about we imagine the worst possible things sexual assault death of a loved one um chronic illness things like that yes those events are traumatic but walking down the street and someone crosses the road because you're coming they might have crossed the road because actually they're going across the road and they that's where they need to be but our perception of it could be, well, they cross the road because they're scared of me. And just mm. that, it might not even be a conscious note that that's trauma's happened, but automatically our body get, tries to make sense of it. Our mind tries to make sense of it, creates a defense mechanism that can last a lifetime. Yes. Unless we're conscious and we, we take actual set time to go back through and go, actually, you know what? Something happened to me and I, I do this, this change, like why did this change? And ask the question, does this serve me? 
I, I think that's a huge part of what I, what I, the question I ask people, which is your defense mechanism has kept you safe. You needed it. It's a good thing, but is it serving you today? For right. example, if you're, if you're if, very, if, is it, is it the tool that you're going to use in every experience? Right. Absolutely. So for example, let's take an extreme example. Soldier comes back from war. Let's say they've been in Afghanistan. They've got PTSD. They're constantly on edge. Every noise makes them jump 10 feet. When they were in Afghanistan, that constant being switched on served a purpose because legitimately around any corner could be a threat through any door could be a threat. Now back home, kids playing in the back garden, someone slams a door, they jump sky high, they're completely paralyzed by it because they, they get taken back into that space, which they're not in 24 hours a day like they were when they were in Afghanistan. That doesn't serve them anymore. So right. now it's how do we create the physical connection to create the safety to move forward? Exactly. I absolutely love that. And Philip, I wanted to ask you, because it seemed like such a natural progression from mm -hmm. um, it seemed like such a natural progression from where you re started recognizing that trauma was an issue yeah. and and how you took that journey to turn it into a business for yourself and how you discovered coaching that coaching was the thing that you were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I really like to talk about uh, are the challenges that are, that you experience, the mindset challenges that held you back from initially getting started. Yeah. So th that's a great question. I love it. Um, because it again feeds into the trauma conversation because yeah. it was actually my own trauma, my own fear of being seen that kept the brakes on for so long because mm. there I was, I had this, I had this skill, this ability, I'd done this training. Um, I wanted to work with people. I, I've done some great work with people and yet I found myself playing so small. And it was actually doing, working with my own coach, which I think is so important for all coaches that you at least need to have done some with another coach, is looking in and going, oh, okay, why am I playing small? Like my voice wants to be big. My rationally in my head, I know, yep, more people want to hear about it. People care about it. But why do I stop myself from doing it? And so, it was looking in and going, well, oh, okay. Actually, this taps into when I was at high school and being quiet because I was unconfident about who I was, what I was, how I looked. And yet, while I the physically, I'm, I'm confident in who I am and how I look and what, what I am, um, yet the voice was still me as a 12, 13-year-old. So working with a coach on mindset and looking at 
well, what do we need to go back and make peace with? What do we need to let go of? Like back then that kept you safe. You being yeah. quiet, keeping in the corner, out the way, kept you safe. Is it, does this serve you anymore? No. And so when you feel that fear, when you feel that fear coming up, what are some of the things that you can do now to reassure yourself? And so I, that's where I tap back into my values again, because having learned about my values and kind of really recognizing and owning my values, I'm like, wow, this is the foundation to who I am. Is this in alignment with my value? And if the answer is yes, right, while I'm scared, it's powerful. And yeah. that's the bit that it's like, that's how you start the reprogram. You've got to go back to the foundation, look at the foundation and go, is there anything I need in here that I, or something I don't know about this foundation that actually can be strengthening versus debilitating? And if there's something there that's debilitating, what can I put with it? to actually turn it into strength. And it's been I love that. absolutely mind blowing. Like the, the, even as somebody who has trained as a coach, working with a coach to going through the process, you know the process you're going through. Yes. Even as that person, it works because it's like, it's like the difference of reading a self-help book versus the author stepping out of the book, stood by you, giving you a human one-to-one -one feedback saying this, you, you are so close to this breakthrough. I can see it. You can't, you want to turn around and run because you think you're miles away. I can see the finish line. You can't. Yes. That, yes. The power original. of coaching. Oh, it is it, honestly, it has been the best investment I have ever made in my, even outside of my business, the best investment I have ever made in myself by far has been hiring a coach. And I've worked with coaches now for two years. And since I, before I started coaching as a, um, coaching my own clients and it just blows my mind all the time. Even now when I'm working on stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. I absolutely love that story, Philip. That is fantastic. It's so true that you can have all the vision you want. But yep. if you have the fears that are holding you back, the fears, the trauma, you'll never actually get a chance to realize the, the greatness, the possibility. And not only that, not only within yourself, but in the people that you're meant to touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I it really, it's like building a car and not sticking the wheels on the car. You could have the yeah. best, most high performing vehicle you've ever, that's ever been made but until you put the until you put the t wheels on it, it's just another hunk of metal and wires and cables. It's doing nothing. And what we do is we we're the we're the team that come in and help put the wheels on the car and send it down the track. Because when you get those wheels on, 
and you, you help somebody start moving, then you build momentum. And yes. sure, you're going to need the brakes occasionally. You're going to put the brakes on for the tight corners. But you also know that coming out of the tight corner, you've got to put your foot back on the accelerator because that's how you get around the track. And that is exactly like life, is that life will throw you hairpin bends. It will throw you flat tires. It will do things will happen along that journey. People will overtake you. You'll overtake other people. It's like if you're in your race for you, you've got to focus on your race because yes. that's the only way you get to the finish line. Philip, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure. And I feel like we've just sort of dipped into um, the conversation that, and the value that you offer. I would love to invite you back for a second interview. That'd be amazing. How open to that are you? Yeah? Absolutely. Sign me up. <laughs> Fantastic. Me up. Yeah. Philip, how can people find out more about you? So the easiest way to contact me is through the website. So my website is www.philiphickscoaching.com. On there, you'll find my contact information. There's also a form you can fill out. I'm also on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. You can look me up under Philip Hicks Coaching. And uh, yeah, I'd be glad to speak to anybody. And there's YouTube videos as well. Again, Philip Hicks Coaching. Um, I've been posting quite a bit of content on there recently about things that people can do and different situations where coaching can be really helpful. Awesome, Philip. And Philip, I'm going to reach out to you right after our interview, and I'm going to get those links from you. And listeners, I'm going to put them all in the show notes. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Philip, it has been an incredible pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Trina. In my next episode, I talk with Molly Summer. Not long ago, Molly Summer's body was being affected by fear in a very real way. After visiting the ER and being told her condition was quote-unquote normal, she used every penny in her bank account to stop living the mediocre life that was slowly killing her. Her entrepreneur journey started with five dogs and the whisper of the forest. It's a powerful episode, folks. It was such a pleasure to interview her. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.